Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This episode of I Was There Too is brought to you by Squarespace, which recently launched the latest version of their platform, Squarespace 7. It has a completely redesigned interface, integrations with Getty Images and Google Apps, 15 new templates, and an incredible feature called Cover Pages. Try the new Squarespace with a free trial at squarespace.com and enter offer code IWTT at checkout to get 10% off. Oh boy, you're in for a medium-octane podcast thrill ride. My name's Matt Gorley, and this is I Was There Too. It's the show where I talk to people present in great scenes of cinema history tonight. And I say tonight because I'm recording this right as it goes up. That's how long it took me to get this one done. You'll see, there was so much to talk about. So many guests. This is the speed supersode of I Was There Too. Not one guest, not two but five. I skipped three and four because, I, as I said, it's, it's late. Uh, I am so excited to have these wonderful people on the show. They were so nice. First, I speak to Simone Gad, a lovely artist and bus passenger. Second, I speak to David Kriegel, a wonderful owner of a dance studio and bus passenger. Third, Carmen Williams, an actress, writer, and director and bus passenger. Next, Hawthorne James, a fantastic actor and director. Bus passenger? No, bus driver. And finally, Carlos Carrasco, such a great actor, and yes, bus passenger. Speed was revolutionary in many ways because it dealt with action in a confined space. Now, Die Hard had done that before, but this one was really confined in the space the size of, well, a bus. It's late. I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed revisiting it. I recently watched Point Break as well, and I can't believe how well those two line up. If you get the time, you know what? Make the time. Watch Point Break as a prequel to Speed. Part of me is making this up right now, <laughs> but I'll bet you it works. It's because Keanu, as um, Johnny Utah in Point Break, gets all of his rookie frustrations out, and he's a little bit more focused as a sort of a wizened SWAT member. Yeah, this will hold up. And I have to acknowledge how important two things were for me for this Speed Supersode. First, Greta Cohn, the producer here at Wolf Pop, 
who helped me invaluably with locating all of these guests and lining them up. And it has been a marathon couple of days of talking about a bus with a bomb on it. And uh, I can't thank her enough. She's amazing. And finally, though he doesn't know it, Christopher Tapley, who wrote an article on hitfix.com about the 20th anniversary of Speed and interviewed all of the bus passengers he could find. It's really worth checking out. I'm usually limited to IMDb or some guy's GeoCities blog, and this thing was a wonderful oral history of the time that these guys spent on the bus. Um, it's really worth checking out. So let's get into this because I'm got to go to bed. Let's connect. Let's connect. <laughs> Uh, remember Connect Four? <sighs> Let's connect last episode's guest to this episode. I haven't planned this. This uh, this is my last stumbling block to, block to finishing. <laughs> this is, I'm not even drunk. Here we go. What was last episode's? Oh, it was Captain EO. Okay. Doug Benson to Angelica Houston. That's really one of the only ways to go. Angelica Houston to... Oh, man. Oh, 50-50 with Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard to Joaquin Phoenix in The Village. Rough film. Joaquin Phoenix to Keanu Reeves in Parenthood. Keanu Reeves to all the bus passengers in Speed. Let's do this. The film. Speed. The year. 1994. The role. Bus passenger number one. The actor. Simone Gad. Simone Gad is joining me here, uh, and I have to say, first off, I'm a huge fan of your eyewear. You just oh, had gee, a, a moment with your eyewear and your headphones, because you, of all the pictures I've seen of you, including the film Speed, you always have these wonderful, what do you call them, cat's eye retro glasses? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a story behind that? Well, I'm so nearsighted, and I started wearing cat eye glasses in the late 60s, early 70s, when no one was wearing them. When they had gone out, probably. People would come up and laugh in my face. Really? Because I wore vintage dresses and glasses like this. Yes, I've noticed from my research, you have a very hip vintage look, which I remember when I saw this movie in the theaters, noticing, because that was always the kind of thing I was into, the girls that dressed like that. And, oh, really? You know, oh, yeah. You, you caught my eye, for sure. Oh, gee, thanks. Well, <laughs> I was you. younger then. <laughs> well, so was I. So uh, you play bus passenger number one in uh -huh. the film. In fact, you have the first line of any of the bus passengers, correct? Right. You say... Hello. That's right. You welcome... Uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock to bus 2525, I think it is. So let's start with the beginning process for Speed. Now, okay. you're, you're credited as bus passenger number one, but um, did you give yourself a name at any point, or did you just go by your own name as a character? Pretty much my own name. Um, when I auditioned, I did an improv with the casting director, Billy Hopkins, and it was a funny, scary audition. How so? Well, he he told me what I, you know, that, that there's a bomb on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the lead in. And I was supposed to react to that. And then he said, come on, you're really scared. And I started crying. And he said, oh, for that real or for real. Because you were scared of him or you were just pulling up your acting tools. I think it was a combination of both. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, that's impressive. And then he said, oh, very good. Where are you from? And I said, Brussels, Belgium. And he said, oh, very, very good. So I didn't hear anything for three weeks. And then I got a call back. And were you able to pull up those tears again the second time? I don't remember. When. <laughs> it's so weird because the first audition was so clear and the second one, uh, yes, I was definitely scared. I, I don't think I cried that time. Uh-huh. And then Yandabont said to me, well, I really love your glasses. What? He's borrowing on my thing. <laughs> and then I waited three more weeks and I didn't hear anything. And then my agent called me and I got the job. It was just amazing. I was so, I was surprised because I didn't hear for so long. Yeah, it's six weeks total, huh? Uh-huh. This is a unique type of movie to be in because, A, you're basically in... I hesitate to say one location because you're moving all throughout the city, but it really is one location, and that's the bus with the same group of people. And it reminds me of, um, say, jury duty or when you would go to traffic school or uh, you're in a hot tub on vacation. Like you build weird friendships with people because you're disparate people in a confined environment for a period of time. And my girlfriend always jokes at me because I'm not a great small talker at parties and socializing. I'm not either. But for some reason, in jury duty and traffic school and hot tubs, I'm the friendliest guy and I'm able to make friends. And I think it's because I know that it will end, you know, and that people are from different walks of life. The hot tub thing makes me sound a little creepy, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so how did you guys all get along? You must have bonded, right? We, we got along really well. It was very nice. Everybody was great to work with. I remember on breaks, Keanu Reeves would would have this uh, pot that he would make brown rice, and he showed me how to make brown rice. Really? And, and put a lot of wonderful Asian seasonings in it. So, Wait, so... I mean, that's uh, a very small thing, but, oh, it, was, that's but great. it was a very uh, intimate little sweet thing. I want to go more into this. Now, on a break, you would go back to his trailer, or did oh, no, he just no, have no. this stewing out in the middle of the production, or how did this work? No, it was in the craft service area. His own pot of brown rice. Um, I think it was the it was the caterers, but he got wind of it, and so <laughs> it was his specialty to make the brown rice. So he would make brown rice and share it with all the people? and Well, I, I watched him make the brown rice, and I asked him if I could have some, and then he showed me where the special seasonings were, and so I put them on there, and it was delicious. Really? And so to I started this... having it every day. Do you still have this recipe, Keanu Reeves' brown rice recipe? No, unfortunately. Really? You don't think you could work it up? <laughs> no, I tried to make brown rice since then, and I'm not very good at it. I'm not the greatest cook. I'm not either. I'm not either. I'm kind of terrible. Me too. <laughs> it's not my forte. It never has been. I'll tell you what is my forte, though, eating. Eating is mine, too. Yeah. So Keanu Reeves' brown rice recipe may be lost to time unless we were able exactly. to get it from him. Exactly. Maybe it's better left that way. It makes it all the more a, delicious. Huh? A mysterious delicious. <laughs> How long was the shoot? How long did you spend on that bus? Because it must have been a while, right? Two months, 14 hours a day, five days a week. Wow. So you, it was you had very to get to intense. know each other. Oh, yeah. very intense. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Um, so were there any actual stunt sequences that, I mean, I noticed a few where you had to cross the board and... How was that? Had you ever done any kind of action work before? Oh, no, it was scary. So it was real for me, crossing. It, it was dangerous. Because you guys are moving, right? We were You're, moving. Yeah. It, it was no joke. And we also went 
you know, where there's the gap in the bridge. Yeah. The the gap, the gap on the freeway. The big stunt jump of the bus, right? Exactly. And Keanu Reeves says, there's, uh, there's a gap on the freeway. <laughs> and so literally he said that and that's what was happening. So we were strapped into our seats and we actually went over the gap. But it wasn't a huge gap. It was a... A small gap, but nonetheless, it was a gap. You're kidding. No, not not kidding. So the bus did an actual jump? Was, yes. Were they, were they on, was it on cables or you just actually did a small jump? And they, we, we in the bus did an actual jump. So what, what, what were you thinking when that happened? Um, I was trying not to think about it, but <laughs> it was very terrifying. And I mean, it was all very scary because it was all so real. It, stuff was really happening. Yeah, no CG really at the time for the most no, part. No, not really. So the reaction when you guys make the bus jump in the film, is is that from when you guys did the little jump there? And probably that's a genuine reaction where you guys are bonding that, God, we went through this traumatic stunt experience. It was, yes, we were, all went through it together, <laughs> very much so. And then, you know, on the on the plank to get from our bus to the other bus, that was very dangerous. And one of the actresses, uh, besides myself, nearly fell off the plank. Oh, my God. It, yeah, it was serious. Well, we, we should talk about this because your character, we'll call her Simone. It's not you, Simone, but your character, Simone. Exactly. The the librarian. She's a librarian. Yes. Oh, what else can we learn about her? Well, I had a lot of books and a book bag. And you had the, the glasses. And I had the glasses <laughs> and a simple little dress and sweater. Yeah. And I, I did my hair, my hair style they had the wardrobe for me and they duplicated the glasses those weren't my glasses but they made a pair of glasses like mine um so your character simone is about to cross this plank it's Mm -hmm. a pivotal moment of the scene we're getting all the bus passengers off to save the day Mm -hmm. your character hesitates yes because i was significantly yes and is basically responsible for keeping keanu reeves and sandra bullock on the bus do you feel any um What's the word? Any uh, uh, like guilt by proxy for your character? You kept them on the bus. The the movie could have been over right there if had you not have hesitated. I'm asking you to get in your character's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. You know, I I was only thinking selfishly for my safety. And um, Keanu was very kind because he helped me get down the stairs to get onto the plank to get to the other side. Uh-huh. And. That was very nice of him because <laughs> I was really scared. I was terrified. Was that built – you guys had planned for, for – for, but it was planned for the character to hesitate or did, was that – No, that That was came a, through you? Oh, really? Yes. Oh, definitely. So you, the actress, are responsible for keeping them on the bus and putting them in I further was the danger. Bad girl. Simone. Oh, Simone. I was the very bad girl. <laughs> well, do you do – you, uh, how do you carry that with you today, that guilt? I, I carry it every day. <laughs> It's part of my makeup now. <laughs> well, I'm here to absolve you of that oh, guilt because you. you doing that ensured that we had a third act of the film that we could get more action set pieces in there. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> I'm going to ask you another question now about something that I couldn't get out of my mind watching this film, and that's because of my own personal experience driving. Was anybody car sick during the shooting of this thing? You guys are bobbing and weaving around. And any motion sickness among the bus passengers? As far as I know, no. I would have been out for the count. I don't know how you guys did it. I don't know how we did it. And it was really hot in the bus. Really? In September when we first started filming, it was excruciatingly hot. And we had to go by gigantic, I don't know 
if they were gigantic trash cans, or but they would spill over and water would pour out. Oh, those uh, traffic, like the accident blockers. The accident the buffers. blockers, yeah. right. And that was for real, too. And you were in the bus when that happened? Yes. So what was the impact like? Pretty impacting. <laughs> and we had to do it over and over yeah, again. Yeah, how many times would you do something Several like that? Several times. Really? How many times did you have to make the jump? Um, in, oh, I don't remember. At least three or four times. Mm. Wow, you're really taking me back because... This is my job. It's it's really like reliving it again. Yeah. Because it was so long ago. I don't want you to cry. No, I'll try not to. <laughs> now, Sandra Bullock. Sandy, can I call her Sandy? Did you call her Sandy? Uh-huh. Everybody called her Sandy. She seems like a delight. She just seems like a wonderful person. She she was very nice to work with. Really? Well, that brings me to a quick side question. Were there any stinkers on the bus? I mean, there were a lot of people on there. Was there anybody that everybody was like, oh, why has this person got to ruin the day? No, we we were really bonded. It was really, it, it was d- delightful, actually. Would you tell me if there were anyway? Yeah, I would. You would? Yeah, okay, sure. Okay, so then, wow, this must have been a group of good people, huh? Yeah, yeah. So between takes, was Sandy mingling with you? Was she getting in the mix? During lunch and, you know, our meal breaks. The brown rice breaks. The brown rice breaks. Did she ever get into any of that brown rice? No, but I saw her eating Fruit Loops. What? <laughs> oh, God. As if I couldn't love her more. Really? Are, are you a Fruit Loops fan? I'm just... And Cocoa Puffs. Sugar is my vice, and sugar cereals especially. Well, uh, she was totally into it. Uh, um, so what was the rapport like with her and Keanu between takes? Were they... Very friendly. Seems like it. They got some chemistry in this film. Very nice chemistry. Yeah. This was her breakout role. She had done right. films before, but this was the one where she was first put into the mainstream. And in my research... Many actresses passed on this role before it got to her. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and and I have a huge list here if the internet is to be believed, and it probably never is, but <laughs> Glenn Close, Barbara Hershey, Jessica Lange. No. I'll go into this more later probably, but also there was a time when this movie was a vehicle for, no pun intended, for Jeff Bridges and Ellen DeGeneres, and it was going to be more of a comedic female part, and oh Ellen God. DeGeneres was apparently going to play this role. But I think... Sandra Bullock was the perfect casting for this. She handled it well. Um, did did it seem like she was very at home on set at this point, or did you feel like, oh, she's you know, this is one of her first blockbusters, and did she seem nervous at all? She didn't seem nervous at all. Really, she was very professional, very delightful to work with. Hmm. And how about Jan de Bont? Was as a director, how was he? He was great. I love Jan de Bont. Really? And I mean, we're both Europeans, so... You're from Belgium, correct? From Belgium, next door. Yeah, yeah. How old were you when you moved over here? Four. Four. So you came over at four years old, and we're going to segue now into your work on Days of Our Lives, which is special. It's worth talking about because, correct me if I'm wrong, you had the first lines on the first episode... Of Days of Our Lives. And I watched the YouTube video. In fact, we'll link to it on the webpage. Oh, my God. You did? Yeah, I did the pilot, You too. and two other girls yeah. are stealing a mink stole from a department store. Exactly. We were very bad. Do you remember your line? Um, yes. Julie, you're so amazing. <laughs> let's talk about cats. Okay, let's talk about cats. You have had many cats, and they feature into your artwork heavily as well. Tell us a little bit about the artwork that you do and some of your lovely cats. So... Um, I, I've been making a seri- an extensive series of pinup drawing collages from the 18, now from the 1850s to the 1960s, use, incorporating drawings of, um, in ink and also oil pastel 
of wildlife and pets, cats and dogs, birds, all kinds of animals, because I really am crazy about animals. Uh, I may have to commission you to do a portrait of our stupid cat, Margot. Oh, I'd love that. She's as photogenic as you could possibly be for a cat, but the, oh. in, re, inversely proportionate to how uh, bad her attitude is. It's like she knows she's a beautiful cat and she <laughs> flaunts it. Bella sadly passed away Labor Day weekend. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. And towards the end, she was nearly biting my pinky fingers off. Was that something she hadn't done before? No. So it hurt like hell. <laughs> you just let her do it? No, I didn't <laughs> let her do it. I no. noticed you're missing a pinky. Yes, yes, they're both <laughs> totally... No, they grew back. You're like the bomber in speed. Exactly. Well, Simone, I can't tell you what a pleasure it was to have you here today and talk about speed, but mostly talk about cats. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. Good luck to you. The film, still speed. The year, still 1994. The role, this one's different. Terry, the actor... David Kriegel. I'm here now with David Kriegel, and uh, he, you played Terry on the bus, right? Um, Do you not even know that? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I'm here know, to tell you you played Terry I on the bus. I will tell you, by the time the movie actually came out, I, when it started, I had a name. I, it, I'll defer to you, it's Terry. Um, by the time it came out, I was the shaggy-haired white kid on the bus. I you know, for obvious reasons, bonded with you the most. I'm telling you, you'll see this in the picture on the website after. We're wearing almost exactly the same I'm outfit. so sorry, because right my, my kids... Oh, this. Yeah, this, right um, now. Yeah, right. But I had the same haircut you had in that was, bus at the exact same that time. That I apologize for, because well, my kids have just seen this. Yeah, and, you should um, apologize. They, <laughs> they're, they're shocked <laughs> that I was allowed to go out like that. I don't know. I can see where at the time, right. you know, you were the, it, the it, cock of the walk with it, that hair. It was actually my thing. It was, was good. You made it work, I have <laughs> I'm to say. sorry to anyone that thought that was okay. <laughs> now, you mentioned from the beginning to the end you think you had a name at one point, but your character might have changed quite a bit from it did. the original. It did. I read also somewhere that you may still have a copy of the original script, the original draft. Is I that think true? I do. So tell us, do you remember what your character was originally um, like? Well, originally, I, I think I'm allowed to say any of this. Um, originally, the script was much more of an ensemble, like all these people are trapped on a bus, and through this horrible circumstance, they all kind of figure out that they each have these skill sets uh-huh. that they can use to work together to save themselves and catch the bad guy. So I was originally... It's like 12 Angry Men on a bus. Similar. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, I was originally the art school kid who was into filmmaking and videography, so That's I looked correct. I looked really sketchy, and so <laughs> they thought maybe I was a bad guy, but then, if I'm remembering correctly, I get into a fight with someone... And they go into my bag because they think I might be connected. And they find out I have all this video gear and I'm really just a movie student. And ultimately, I don't know how well you remember that this is like trivia now. Oh, how I well just, you remember I've the details. But pretty there's well. that moment when they figure out there's a camera yeah. and the thing, blah, blah, blah. Well, in the original thing, that was my whole deal. Like I You were the AV out. tech. I, correct. I was the AV guy pushing the, the car, doing the deal. And, you know, gradually we all sort of became the bus people and – Keanu and Sandy became sort of the heroes, and every day we'd get a rewrite. <laughs> oh, so it, would, it wasn't just pre-shoot. It, this would happen on the shoot where you're getting Pre-shoot, diminished? it was definitely, you know, herring down. Gotcha. Just we'll call it, yeah. Um, the and Hollywood then as trim. it went, I mean, it's sort of, oh, you know what? It, it, it'd be better if he didn't do that, if, if 
Keanu did that. Uh, It'd be better if they, you know. Yeah. Um, so pay- Terry, yes. Now that you say it, Terry was my name. <laughs> I'll go with Terry. <laughs> I loved Terry. I don't know. There was something about him that <laughs> felt like if Keanu Reeves got knocked off the bus, he could step up and be Keanu Reeves. You wow, know what that's, I mean? That's awfully nice of you to say. <laughs> well, I'm not the only one thinking it. I think the American That's That's what it is? Well. Wow. Yeah. Um, did you ever suffer any car sickness while shooting this thing? Because I'm a horrible motion sickness. I don't think I did. Um, it really wasn't more than about 60 seconds that we ever drove. Each so time, you mean? Each little behind-the-scenes uh, secret. In the movies, it's not always what you see. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> no, it, um, it took forever. We were on the <laughs> the new, what, what the 105. Like the 105, right? yeah. before it opened. I think yeah. I feel like they got them to hold off on opening it. Oh, wow. For, but I, that may not be true. That might just be a good story, but I'll stick Either with way. it. I can't get in trouble for it now. Um, <laughs> Print the legend, so not the fact, I think. Up and down the freeway, thousands of cars hired as extras, this and that. And seriously, I mean, we never, you'd go two minutes down the freeway, then everyone would reset. And Speaking of cars, I read something, I don't know if you know anything about this, where they had so many cars working on that show that they had to basically invent a low band frequency over the radio to communicate with those cars. So they didn't even use walkie-talkies. They actually like created oh, wow. a small radio station. I don't to- know. You know, the cool thing about it was all the inventions that they created to make that possible. I mean, it was sort of at the dawn of CG. Yeah, yeah. So there was some CG. I mean, when we jumped the bus, yeah. it was CG. Uh-huh. However... We jumped the bus. I mean, the bus backed up and went over a ramp and flew through the air, so they shot an actual and bus. And you guys were in it. We weren't in it when they did that. That was special. They, oh, it was all, it I'm was getting all conflicting different. stories, David. And I, I wondered, Simone told me that you guys were in it when you this made may, it. This may fall into the Terry category of things <laughs> that I've... I don't think we No, were. you may be right. And I, I'll tell I, you why I don't think we were, yeah. because it was a... I mean, these guys that engineered it, this isn't the question you asked me at all, but I'll Please, get back I to don't it. Care. Um, fine. The, the guys that engineered it, these are like super gaffers, like yeah. crazy grip gaffer engineer. Like it's dreamy. They're just sitting there, you know, all day long they're hanging lights or putting stands up. And they, this is the time that they get to go in and show why they're uh-huh. as good as what they are. But they're designing and there's a guy sitting back there doing, you know, geometry and calculus, whatever the math is that you have to do to figure out this rate of speed of a bus that this and that, and, and, and part of it is they want it to jump as high and as far as it can. And obviously the more bodies that are in that bus, the more weight there is, it doesn't carry it. So they had, we had all different buses for all different stuff. And the jump bus was a very specialized bus. I'm pretty sure they filled it with dummies. They gutted it as much as they could put a roll cage in it with a guy um, who's in the middle of the whole thing, uh-huh. figured out what the maximum speed they could get that bus to go at and how far back they had to back it up, set a ramp on one side and a bus on the other, and he just floored it. Jeez. I read, too, yeah. that there was some engineered uh, camera, basically a camera dolly built to okay. the roof of the bus or Here, something? Because yes. you're a film and, student, after all. Terry's a film student. Yes. He should and, know about and, these and, things. And um, I, I actually really wanted to make movies. And, as, and, a, as an actor. As an actor. Gotcha. Loved it. Um, and so, um, so I stood there behind Jan de Bont the whole time. And every time he'd sit down, I'd get up on the camera and like move it around oh and God. like mess around. And you were actually tinkering with the camera. I was full, not, not just tinkering. And I mean, so I was, he, he, and, and, and no one said anything to me. Seriously. The fact that he allowed me to do that was like, in hindsight, I'm like, right. wow, talk about an education. I'm like, so these gaffers, 
built these rigs, like figured out how to engineer and construct these specialized dollies re- on reinforced the, the, the luggage racks on uh-huh. buses that would move on those with bungees so when the bus was moving and bouncing and doing, the camera moved in opposition so it created even more sense of vibration and motion, but it was a fluid... I mean, it was just awesome. That I, I was probably around your age at the time, too, yeah. and I would have eaten that up. That sounds I, I did, amazing. Now, I read that you made a little friend on the set in the form of a dog named yeah. Speed. Can yep. you tell that story? Uh, <laughs> I, um, one of the days when we were parked on the freeway for many hours at a time, I just sort of wandered off, and, and it was actually really sad. There was endless stray dogs really? on the freeway. Just roaming the dead freeway. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, That's like if you've ever been to Rome and you go to the um, Colosseum, there are... Just hundreds of feral cats that just yeah. live there, and it's yes. a little eerie. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's in the middle of sort of nowhere, that freeway, when it was built. Yeah. And, and so so I'm sitting there on the freeway, and there's this pack of dogs stray, and I just sort of sit there and had my lunch with me. So I'm just sitting there, and I finally just set my sandwich down. And it must have been like 45 minutes, and all these dogs are like, no way, dude, I'm not coming to you. I, you're, just, you're shady. Um, and, and one of them just sort of gradually wandered over and started eating my sandwich, I think, and hung out, and I literally sat there for another hour and until, because no one called me. Um, no one cared. Um, and, and I just sat there, and eventually, like, I started petting him, and he let me pet him, and this, you know, and uh, finally he was he was a Pretty much a puppy. I think he probably hadn't been out there as long as the smarter dogs. Just a mutt, or what? what did yeah, it look like? yeah, it was yeah. a mixed up beagle, collie, something Mongo. mess. Yeah. Um, super cute. So I picked him up. He didn't bite my face. Uh-huh. Took him back to the trailer with me, and and he hung out for the day. And um, unfortunately for him, Sandy said, "You know, if you're not going to keep that dog, I'll I'll take him." So um, we kept him. So he didn't end up being Sandy Bullock's dog. Uh-huh. Um, sorry. For him. <laughs> so what was your reaction when you finally saw the movie? Did you go to a screening or anything, or a preview or just catch it in the theaters? I wish I could say I remember. I, I remember it being cool. I was 20-something and starting out in Hollywood in a big movie. Yeah, that must have been and, something. And um, oh, I have a good story to tell about that, actually. Okay. Two things happened simultaneously. It came out around Super Bowl time. I had a couple tickets to the Super Bowl that someone had gotten me, and I really couldn't afford to have. So I, you know, put the word out that I had these tickets. So anyway, the movies come out. This little movie that no one thought was going to do much was suddenly a big hit. I'm getting calls from friends going, oh, I hear good things, blah, blah, blah. I get a voicemail on my answering machine from some big agent's office at CAA. And I'm like, all right, now we're going. This Uh is big time. I've made it. Uh, call them back. They're not in. We'll call you back. I call them. We trade some calls. I finally, get the assistant on the phone. He goes, "I understand you have Super Bowl tickets that you're trying oh. to get rid of. Um, do you still have them?" <laughs> yeah, I have them for representation. Yeah, yeah. Um, guaranteed so, representation. So uh, yeah, um, the movie. I, I've seen it since, and I. Um, guess I don't quite get it (laughs) but it touched something yeah and then it was just filled with like just a bunch of good people that were good actors that wanted to be there but eventually as we noted Terry became the shaggy haired guy on the bus (laughs) 
and you know, Alan Ruck sort of maintained the most character because I think he was the diff, the most different uh-huh. um, from Keanu and Sandy, and that so that foil sort of existed. Yeah, another kind of young guy on the bus was not necessary. Right, um, and as you so kindly said, I could have taken over. You could have. That's you not still can. remotely You true. still can. There right. are buses running every day. I, I can't wait. Um, so I don't know. Something happened there where we all just sort of came together. And it just, you're stuck on this stupid bus. Jan was particularly cool. This crew that he had was really kind. Keanu and Sandy made it really easy. They drove on the same van that we had to drive to when we got to the bus. We didn't. There wasn't limos picking them up in the middle of a shot to take them back to double wide trailers and doing. You know. Yeah. Um, they just. It was. It was also. We. It was just. We were stuck on a bus for two months. <laughs> right. There's I mean, that. Yeah. You can be a jackass and you're going to have a miserable time, yeah. or you can just be cool. And I mean, maybe there was something going on. I don't know. All I know is I was 22, 23, 24, maybe. I don't know. And I was on a big movie with big cool stuff and. That's cool. I'd That's be a great. dick about it. Where can people find you now? What are you up to now? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, now my wife and I own a dance studio in Studio You're City. You're kidding. What we kind of dance? Just all kinds? Kids dance. Wow. We started 18 months. It's called Creation Station Studio City, and we just opened next door to it a, a offshoot called The Groove Station, which is for our bigger kids because we oh, specialize yeah. in teaching little kids dance and inspiring them to be creative and artistic. And You're then, a dancer yourself? No, no. I don't dance at all. So what do you do? Uh, I just make sure that people like us. Uh, you know, thank you. Thank for you, David. Calling me. Thanks for talking with me. I really appreciate it. Making a website used to take a long time. You had to set it up yourself manually, mechanically, with tools, and spend all day troubleshooting with guns. If you ever had to make changes, it was too easy to break links or even the whole site. Sometimes just changing the font color would shut down NORAD. But now there's Squarespace to help make beautiful websites without a sweat. If you're new to Squarespace, check it out. If you've been hearing about Squarespace, still check it out. Because now there's more with Squarespace 7. Squarespace has 15 new design templates and a redesigned interface. It's simple and powerful, 24-7 support via live chat and email, and it's only $8 a month. You get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. It has responsive design and commerce. Every website comes with a free online store. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code IWTT to get 10% off your first purchase. And show your support for I Was There Too. That's promo code IWTT. Squarespace. The film. Speed still. The year. We know it. The role. Here we go. Additional bus passenger number four. The actor. Carmen Williams. Testing one, two, three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the voice. We were just talking about your alluring voice. This is Carmen Williams. Now, you played additional bus passenger number four. Yeah. And uh, I kind of want to do an uh, inside the actor's studio thing and, and ask, did you give your character a name? Who was this woman you played? Well, my character did not have a name, but the happy face girl with the smile. <laughs> <laughs> The happy place girl with a smile. So yes. you're the smile of the bus. Yes, definitely. Always. Sunshine. They would always think there's sunshine. They really? always see my smile. Yeah. You do. You, you're you beaming up the place right now, I have to <laughs> say. Yeah. So Thank if you. you were the smile of the bus, what does that make Keanu and Sandra 
the heart, the spine, what oh, would that be? Oh, yeah, definitely the heart, the spine. Really? Which is action. which? Keanu Reeves was definitely the muscle, and everyone always had their eyes on Keanu. Really? It got silent the moment he came. Even if we weren't filming, the moment he stepped on, it got silent. And, um, of course, um, Sandra Bullock, she's just a lively, colorful, fun person. You know, just away from her scenes, she's just... Actively, she interacts, you know, she's fun, she dances, she salsa dances. Well, that's what I read a little something that you and yeah. she had a salsa dance lesson together, an impromptu yes. one. Well, we were in between shooting, you know, while we were there on the set, just having fun dancing. She's just a really cool, down to earth person. She interacted with everyone. It didn't matter what type of role you had, you know, your involvement, but she was just really friend friendly, very genuine. Down um, to earth. Down to earth person. Because yeah. she she had not yet blown up as a superstar. This was really the movie that kind of did that for her, right? Yeah, but yeah. her she definitely was a superstar at that time when we filmed the Speed. You could tell. I could tell. Yeah. 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 She she's was, got something going on. Yeah, there, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And she was just so good. You know, the moment they say action, wow, I would just stare and be like, wow, these two are really good. And they had great chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind me asking how old you were at the time when you were in that movie? You must have just been a youngster. I was a little youngster. Yeah. Because, you know, my role was one of the um, high school students. Okay. So now we're getting something about your yes. character. So you were, would you say you were on your way to high school? That I morning? was um, on my way to high school. Yeah. Uh, and I got caught up, you know, in all that. And a three month sabbatical from school. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And I was with my other homegirls. Let's go back to the beginning. Did you sort of invite yourself to the audition? Is that, do I have that right? Did you make this happen from, out of sheer will? Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing about me. I'm very fearless and bodacious. And I just stumbled into that because, you know, a friend told me about an audition and I think he was going and I'm like, hmm, sounds like an opportunity for me, you know. <laughs> Not for him, for me. <laughs> for me. So I said, um, and he was trying to tell me, no, you can't go. You have to be on the list and you have to be submitted and blah, blah, blah. I said, don't worry about all that stuff. Let me worry about that stuff, you know, because I usually know that I'm going to get what I want when I'm going after something. Whoa. I like what I like and I want what I want. So <laughs> I knew at the time I said, look, let me worry about that. You just give me the information, give me the time, give me the location, and I'm there. So basically I got the part. So I went to the audition and I did whatever they asked me to do. I pulled it off and the rest was history. Do you remember what they asked you to do? They might have given me a line. I don't remember the line, but, you know, I put my extra charm and my smiley face in there. And <laughs> <laughs> now, have you, had you done that before, just no. to crash an audition? This was your first time and that you booked the job. That was my first time, but, you know, I had my daughter and she was young and I wanted to, that was a way to do what I wanted to do and have a great time and have fun and make a, you know, substantial, decent amount of money. I'm sure three months. Yeah, yeah, because three months I actually bought myself a car afterwards. So, so you didn't have to ride the bus anymore. No, only thing I was away from my daughter. I hadn't been away from my daughter. I had my sister, you know, looking out for her, taking her to school, you know, because those were long hours being filming yeah, that sure. movie. This is Misha who's in the yes, studio here Misha's today? Yes, Misha's here with me. Yes, M Misha, Misha. What is your recollection of this? You must have been how many months old? I actually was in elementary school. Oh, so you do remember this? Yeah, I do remember. I remember was this exciting? My mom coming home. I really didn't know what was going on at the time. I knew she was filming. I didn't know who the actors were. Yeah. I was so young at the time. Yeah. But it's something that I look back on now or different friends or family members like, oh, 
I saw your mom in speed. Was your mom in speed? <laughs> like, yeah, that was my mom. She looked, she played scared really well. <laughs> Those are serious bragging rights to take back to school, that yeah. my mom is in a Keanu Reeves blockbuster. Yeah, my first, you know, project that was just, like, amazing. I was like, wow, I'm actually in this movie, and I just got myself in this, and I'm around Sandra and Keanu, and... Yeah, it was just exciting. The entire cast, everybody was really nice. Really? There wasn't a single stinker on that bus? No, it wasn't a stinker. We all had fun. We all interacted and we had fun because we were all a family. We were riding on that bus for three months. So it was, yeah, we ate good. They, you know, they gave us good food. Well, what's this I hear about Keanu and his brown rice? Did you hear about that? Simone told me about his brown rice. He was always eating brown rice and cooking it. He was just obsessed with it. I may have been adding that part on, but. No, no. <laughs> Let's say he was. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would, you know, when he, you know, see the thing about Keanu, um, he would get on the bus and he would greet everyone like good morning or something like that when he first came into the As scene. a group or just come to you one by one? No, as a group. Okay, because that we would, would be, be already in place, you know, sitting on the bus, all uh-huh. the passengers, and he would be in the front and he would, you know, say hi to everyone. He's an intense guy. Yeah, yeah, really serious. So, you know, I didn't, so I didn't get to find out about his brown rice. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe one day. Uh, yeah, one day. <laughs> now, uh, I also read that when you guys had to do the cross from the bus to the sort of SWAT yeah. flatbed truck, mm-hmm. you guys got a bump in stunt pay for that? Yeah. Because that's you guys did an actual stunt. Your first real job. Yeah. And you're doing we did it. real stunts. It was scary. It was exciting. It was like, wow, I'm actually running across this moving um, bus with a piece of wood going across connecting the two buses. It was just scary. It really was scary because I we bet. were doing our own stunts. And um, I remember I was, even though I was really young, I would look at, um, not to be changing the subject, Please. but I just thought about this. One of the SWAT members was, was is his name Joe Morton? He was one of the um, stunts. I mean, not the stunt. He was one of the SWAT guys. guys. I'm not sure. And I would look at him every day, and I had this crush. He didn't know. Wait, this is how I know the name, because I read this in this article that you had quite a fancy for this fella. I would look at him every day, and I see that mole on his face, and I'm like, that's an older man. He's much older than me, but oh, my gosh. You were fixating on his mole? I was fixated on his mole. (laughs) Where was his mole? Hey, President Obama has a mole, too. Oh, sure. Hey, check this out. You probably can't see it because of my beard. Oh, you have a little one. Oh, wow. It's little. Look. We don't. Have, we don't need to call out its size. It's, well, wait, where where was the mole? It was right there on his face, like a just, De Niro mole. Yeah, yeah, and I would look at him every day. And I'm like, this is a good looking man, but he's older, and then I didn't know his situation. But of course, I was just a little bit shy, just a little bit shy. But uh, you know, I didn't really say much to him other than. You know, hi. You know, he would Wait, speak now, to where him. was that Carmen Williams bravado and confidence <laughs> with this? Because I had a crush. You know, when so- yeah. when you have a crush on someone. There's you- too much to lose. There's- yeah. Yeah, you don't say much. You just hold it in. And I would just be happy just to see his face every day. I'm like, that is really a sexy man. He's handsome. Oh, you really carry a torch for this guy. Yeah. Joe, or if you're out there, I don't know what your situation <laughs> is now, Carmen. Uh, you can contact me and I'll I'll hook you guys up. Hey, you can't say that. That might be a married man. Well, if you're not married, if you're single no, and you're an upstanding. That was, that was back then. About, but, but, you know, now, I have a situation now. You do. You found your own mall. Yeah. Okay. You know, for the last, you know, almost 
three years. <gasps> Long-term mole. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, That's thank nice you. to hear. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, now, I also read that uh, it got so hot during Please. the shoot that certain women just stripped down to their bras between takes. Was that true? Oh, that is so what kind of set funny. Was this? We did a calendar shoot. What? <laughs> we did our own calendar. Um... Now, let me see. Who initiated this calendar? Was it Sandy? I'm not sure if it was Sandra Bullock, if she initiated Let's the say calendar. It was. Yeah, so we did. I wish I would have thought about it, you know, when I came here. I could have brought it with me to share it with you. So we did a calendar. Oh. Of course, my birthday is November, November 21st. I'm a Scorpio. So I was Miss November. And um, all of us, you know, the bus girls, I'm saying the bus girls, including Sandy, we all had a month based on our birthday for uh-huh. this calendar. And some of the girls was just, you know, posing and showing a little bras and, you know, a little cleavage and things like that. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't, you know, maybe I had, I, I remember I had on this sexy leopard dress, but I didn't show a bra. Maybe I showed a little cleavage and um, maybe I tilted the booty out a little. What? <laughs> maybe I probably did tilted that. Tilted the booty. <laughs> The booty out if, just if a we little. do anything, let's make <laughs> let's get that into the popular lexicon where people saying tilt, tilt the booty. It. Tilt I, the booty. I tilt the booty out. <laughs> I don't know if it was to the left or to the right, but it was poking out and you couldn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's call for a new t shirt is the slogan tilt the booty. Tilt the booty. Tilt the booty to the left. Now tilt the booty to the right. Now up. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> Man, if I only can go back to those days. I mean, I I don't know if um You would have walked right up to Joe Morton. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But you no regrets. You're you've got a nice relationship now. Yeah. Joe's probably in jail. No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's one of those top actors. He's an A-list. Is he really? Yes, look him up. I'm gonna write he's now. He's an A-list. That name does sound familiar yeah. to me. Yeah. Joe Morton. And I'm sorry, I might be... Oh, this guy. I know exactly who you're talking is about. Is it Morton? Is that his last name or Norton? Yeah, Morton. He's a good looking fellow. He's, uh, he was in Terminator 2 Let as me well. see how he looks now, because I was, know how he looked then. He, he caught my eye. He was the SWAT commander in Speed. Pull that picture up. He, oh. In Terminator 2, he's the guy that's responsible oh, right. for building Skynet, right? Is that Skynet, how he looks right? right now? Do you remember that, Brett? <laughs> yeah, he looks so familiar to me. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I have He's my been crush. in a ton of things. You know, I have a crush on this guy. What the hell? Yeah, he's been in a ton of things. He's a good-looking guy. Um, it's, it's been so nice to talk to you about this. Tell us a little bit about what you do now, if there's any projects you're interested in. You have uh, Misha here that's yes. been active in some uh, entertainment journalism. Talk about whatever okay, you'd like to. Okay, so let me talk about me for a minute. <laughs> okay. So last year I completed a project called The Temptress. Oh. Yes, The Temptress. Carmen. And I, it was written by me, it was directed by me, and produced by me. And you, well, you know, it's a love story, you know, because people are not really showing, you know, love does exist in relationships. I you hope so. Yeah, because people are caught up and they get with one another sometimes for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I want to show the story of a relationship from the beginning, how it grows and how it develops and how a person just can love you for who you truly are, not for your title, not for how much money you have, but just really who you are and accept your flaws and 
just be in love and and warm towards you. And I always appreciate you. That sounds like a delight. Yeah, so that's what it's all about. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you so much for talking with me. I appreciate being here. This was fun. Uh, Oh, I didn't... Yes. I wanted to mention about Misha, my daughter, real quick. Yes. She's a freelance journalist, entertainment reporter, and she does a lot of... You can go on YouTube and check her out at Celebrity Profile, E-N-T. And if you want a face to go with this voice, you can (laughs) find me at Instagram at Caramel1999. Well, it's a showbiz family here. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, but thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it, and it was really nice to talk to you. Thanks, Carmen. All right. You're welcome. Oh, my God, this again. The year or something. The role, Sam the bus driver. The actor, Hawthorne James. So, Hawthorne James, you were the bus driver of this entire speed (laughs) debacle that happened. Absolutely. (laughs) I've been talking to passengers, so it's nice to have the perspective of the man leading the charge. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get involved with this movie in the first place? Went to an audition. And uh, it, it was one of the funniest auditions I've ever been to because um, I, there was no script and it was just improvised. And, and Jan and the casting director were sitting there. And, and Jan just said to me, uh, pretend like you just found out this bomb on your bus while you're driving. <laughs> so so you I did, did you it. You hadn't heard anything about a bomb on a bus before that? And I don't think I did. I don't think I knew what the movie was about. <laughs> I knew they said something about bus driver, I think, in my age. And I can't re- really remember that specifically, but... But I'm sitting there, I'm improvising this, you know, scared face bomb on the bus. And I may have done it twice. Uh, he may have said, do something different. I may have. Maybe it was on, only even once. But he walked up to me, and my hair was what you see in the movie. Yeah, I It remember. was down. Yeah. And he just walked up to me, and he just put his, he just started feeling my hair. <laughs> And I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> I know that is like a casting couch move or something. Yeah, you know, but- so a month goes by, and, and I call my agent and say, well, whatever happened to that movie? And she said, okay, I'll call him up. And and what they said to her, she got back to me. She said, he didn't cut his hair yet, did he? <laughs> and that went on for like two months. He didn't cut his hair, did he? What? And that's, I think that's how I got that role, because my hair was long, and he liked the look of it. I think he still has a lock of your hair in a necklace. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I hope not. You know, oh, boy. Don't start no stuff with Yanni. <laughs> you know, this is funny, too, because uh, David Kriegel was in earlier, and he, he played Terry, the bus passenger, with kind of a, a longer hair, too. It's a little bit of a bob. And I read this thing about how Jan DeBont told Keanu Reeves that he needed to get a haircut that would reflect his character more like close to what a, a cop would be, and the exact executives at 20th Century Fox were so upset that Reeves had buzzed his hair, they threatened to postpone the start of the production until it grew back. Did you ever hear anything about that? You know, I just, I think I just read that not long ago somewhere. That's crazy. But that would have been disastrous. Yeah. <laughs> because that, because the uh, 105, uh, we finished shooting like That's on right. a Friday, and they opened the 105 on a Monday. That's incredible. So if they had pushed it back two weeks, who knows what would what they would have been able to get. But that was so much fun being on the freeway before it opened, and you're just walking up and down the freeway. And w- when I'm on that freeway now, I just look and think, I was walking up and down this freeway that, that long That was ago. your freeway. That was our freeway, yeah. Because were you really driving that bus at times? You know what? Sandy, they took Sandy and, and I out and taught us how to drive a bus. Together? Just in case, yeah. We oh, were, yeah, just great. in case. But we never drove the bus. Really? No, there were, uh, I think, 12 different buses. When the cameras were on the outside of the bus... There was a guy driving the bus on the passenger side 
on the right side, ah, on the passenger okay. side. He was actually driving the bus. They had them all draped in black so that it would be oh, hard to see him. And when the cameras were on the inside of the bus, he was sitting on top of the bus driving the bus. <laughs> so, so we never actually drove the bus, although we did learn how to drive a bus. And that led to a lot of fun because we would play tricks on people. You know, I'd, I'd be sitting up there. Sandy would be sitting on my lap. <laughs> And and I'd be driving the bus, and people would be looking, you know. And one day, uh, one day we were out in Santa Monica doing where I pick her up, and uh, I was just sitting there, and the bus was moving, and we were going to go to the space to pick her up. And all of a sudden, I just let the wheel go, and I just turned and started talking to the passengers on the other side of the bus, and the cop was standing outside, and he freaked out because he did not know we weren't driving this bus. So we did that stuff all the time. It was, it was so much fun for me. It was just We just played all day. We worked 12 to 16 hours a day. I was there for over almost seven weeks. It, it was um, absolutely an amazing, magical experience, one of the best experiences in film I've ever had. Because Sandra Bullock is, number one, she's a beautiful woman. And number two, she's one of the nicest people you ever wanted to meet. It seems like it. Yeah, she really is. And, and uh, Keanu, I had heard all kinds of things about Keanu. None of it is true. Really? No. What did what he's you a, heard some bad things? Yeah, I heard some negative things. Mm-hmm. But he's one of the nicest. He's very, very quiet. It seems like it. But he, you know, we would be having discussions about all kinds of stuff. You know, who knows what we were talking about. You, you learn stuff about people that, that you never hear. I know stuff about Sandra Bullock that nobody else will ever know. Because you just, you, you just get to talking, uh-huh. you know, and, and you open up. And, and Keanu would stand and listen to the conversations. Very intent. Very rarely would speak. But he always listened. Wow. And, and it's just, he's just not that, he's not that touchy-feely kind of person. But then I think that's what people misunderstand. Mistake that for him being aloof or, yeah, or yeah. too good, yeah. possibly. No, but he, I mean, you know, he was just a nice, nice person, and we got along, and, and we did what we had to do. That's great. Now, you played Sam, and so my understanding is your role went through a bit of a transformation. Originally, was it true you were to have a heart attack? That, that was the original, in the original script, and, and I, I, I was balking at it. Yeah, I read this great quote about how you didn't want to be Fred Sanford on yeah. the bus, which is yeah. just so brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, you know, the only only black guy on the bus, you know, Sanders a hero, Keanu's a hero, other people are heroes, and I was in the black guy on the bus. Oh Lord, I'm having a heart attack. Oh God, I'm gonna die. So I was very pleased when when we had this when they had that discussion and said, no, we'll we'll shoot you. Yeah, and you get some serious action. Now you have lived a dream of mine, which is to have a blood pack squib on it. Oh man, what's that process like? <laughs> Was that frightening at all? Or? It wasn't frightening, but it does hurt. Really? Yeah. I, you know, they pad you up. Uh, but when that explodes, it's an ex- explosion. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So, you know, I did bruise a little bit. How many times did you have to do that? You know, I really can't remember, but I think it three, four times oh maybe. Oh, my God. But that wasn't the, that wasn't the deal. The, the deal was it was uh, when I had made that transfer from the bus to the flatbed. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're being sort of carried at the time. Yeah. yeah. In, in, the, in the morning, they had a stuntman who was a great stuntman, uh, Joffrey Brown. He used to – he played baseball with um, Ernie Banks. Oh, my God. That's how – I mean, this man is in incredible shape. He must be six. He must have been 60-some years old. And, and uh, he did the bus jump. That's the only time we weren't on the bus. The cars were bouncing off and, and everything. We were on that bus. We were actually going 45, 50 miles an hour all the time. That morning when they came to, uh, they came to do that s- sequence of me transferring, 
you know, everybody on the bus said, you, you're not doing that, are you? You're not doing that. I said, oh, heck no. Oh, <laughs> Lord, no. <laughs> you can't pay me enough money. So the stuntman, Joffrey, did it like three times. And then the uh, first AD came to me and said, okay, you're up. And I looked. Oh, uh- and, and, and the, up what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you up what. <laughs> you know, but they, they they never told me that they expected me to do it. But what happened was Yanni likes Yanni likes his actors to do their own stunt work. Keanu did almost of, all of his he own. He did now, almost right? all yeah. of his own. That, his his jump from the car to the uh, the bus. Uh, the only only difference between him and, and what you see is there's no platform. Uh, Keanu had a, a small little platform that they attached to the bus. I see. To roll along because he's the star and you can't lose the star. But at the same time, if he had mistimed it, yeah. it had been over because there was nothing else but that platform. So, so they came to me and the first AD said, um, "Okay, you're up." And and I, I, I said, "The macho is just macho-ness. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I do. yeah, I can do that. No problem. It's the opposite <laughs> of fight or flight. Your macho-ness kicked it, it, in. It, it, it just kicks in. Yeah. And and so and so I never told anybody on the bus that I was going to do it. Because they all assumed that I wasn't doing it. Uh-huh. They just thought that they would, you know, have me down at the stairs and then cut, and et cetera. But Yanni likes to see his actors close up doing those kinds of things. And the, and the camera was too far to see a face when the stuntman was doing it. So I went up, and, and right before the cameras roll, right before I'm supposed to do it the first time, it's, it's incredible what your body does. <laughs> I called my girlfriend and, and told her, I didn't say nothing to her. I just called her and said, I love you. <laughs> in case, just, just in case. But, but I'm standing there waiting for the bus to roll. So I finally say, roll, action, roll. And the bus starts rolling. Right before the bus started rolling, my knees, interior of my knees, shook. I mean, it, nobody would know it. I, I, I'm probably the only one that could have felt it, but I felt my, the inside of my knees shake. And then there was a perfect calm that came over me. And I think it's your I think it's your mind telling you you can't screw this up. <laughs> so you gotta be perfectly calm. Trust those guys, trust Keanu and, and Carlos. Trust those guys, those professional guys, to grab you and hold on to you. Because it's very easy to to make a mistake. And the first time I did it, it was it it was amazing. When when I stuck my head out the out the door, the wind caught me. And it was like I couldn't breathe for a second. It just dawned on me that you said the first time that you had to do this. So how many times did you have to do this? I did it maybe eight times oh, that Lord. day. But it was nothing like the first time. But the first time, the flatbed uh, uh, was wood. And when they put me on my butt, the splinters went all up my butt. Uh. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, oh, God, I'm in pain with these splinters. So they had to pull up, change pants, and, and they laid uh, laid something down for the next times I did it. That's amazing, all the little things that you don't think about when you're just watching a film. You know, it goes by like that, and then yeah. there's splinters in your butt, you know. That's yeah. Something that just doesn't go on your radar, you know. <laughs> no, it's, it's but it's I, it, it, was so, it was just so much. I keep, I keep using that word fun because, but I'm going to tell you something. I first read the script, and I said to myself, this is stupid. <laughs> this is really, this will never fly. And I almost didn't do it. Really? I came really close to not doing it. And, and they came back and said, yeah, we want you, blah, blah, blah. And I finally said, okay, we got the money and all that kind of stuff straight. But it, 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 it was one of those things where, where you look at it and you don't know. And this is what I learned. And, and I've been doing some directing myself, film and, and commercials and stuff. You don't know what's in a director's mind. 
But the amazing thing was when I sat at the theater, and I think it was Grauman's Chinese, I think. I'm pretty sure the premiere was there. And I watched that movie, and I thought to myself, wow, this is what we were doing? <laughs> and I, it just... It just came together. You've been in so many great films. I just watched Seven recently. And oh, when yeah. I was researching yeah. this, and I'm immediately, the, well, the, the guy in the library. This yeah. is amazing. And yeah. so of, of all your recognition that you probably get, is this one that comes up a lot? And I'll tell you the truth. It, it depends on who it is. Yeah. It, with black people, it's the five heartbeats or bossing up. Uh-huh. With white people, it is speed. <laughs> and I, I just gave away the color of my skin. Right? Yeah, well, I, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's it's really film is a funny animal because now it's starting to starting to get around to everybody. So it is not it used to be that way. Now it's not. It's like a lot of Latinos, a lot of Asians will come up talk about five heartbeats and speed and all that kind of stuff because it's on television all the time. Yeah. Now uh, what are you up to these days? What can you tell us about projects? Anything interesting? Um, I've got a film coming out called uh, Blues for Life, which I shot in in uh, Baton Rouge. Ooh. I've got a film out I directed, and it's been out for a couple of years now. It's called The Stick-Up Kids. It's, uh, you can get it on DVD uh, or download it, wherever. And and uh, a lot of projects that are that are possibilities. I'm just waiting to see what happens. But I've been doing a lot of theater lately. I did a play up in Sacramento, which we then brought to L.A. last year. Um, and Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> Can't remember the name of it. I put you on the spot. But, but I, was, I was up in Sacramento rehearsing and performing for about two and a half, three months. Let's just say it was Hamlet. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, I've, I've done Hamlet. You've done Othello, too, right? I've done, I've done Iago and Othello yeah. because Ted Lange was the first black person to play Othello on a f- major f- uh, on a film. It wasn't Lawrence Fishburne. Did you say you played both Othello and Iago, right? I've played so both of them. Which do you enjoy point. more? Iago. The good guy or the bad guy? He's no, more Iago. fun, right? He's no, be- Iago is, is, is the greatest Shakespearean villain, period. And to have been fortunate enough to now have it on film that would last forever is an amazing feeling. That's no small there feat. Because yeah. there are m- many, many, many actors who would give their eye teeth to play that on, on film. And, I, and Teddy cast me to do it, and it was just great. Hawthorne, thank you so much for coming in to talk to me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank my you. My pleasure. Hello again, listeners. Please help I Was There Too stay free to download by completing this short, anonymous survey. Just putting in the word anonymous makes it a little sketchy. What are you hiding? My promise is it will take no more than five minutes. Your answers will help match our show with advertisers that best fit the sensibilities of this podcast and its listeners like you, Kevin. Listeners who complete the survey will be entered into an ongoing monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. We swear not to share or sell your email address and we won't send you email unless you win. Please go to podsurvey.com slash IWTT. That's podsurvey.com slash IWTT to take our survey and get a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Bless you for doing this in advance. If you don't, you don't get a blessing. The film we already know. The year get out. The role, Ortiz. The actor, Carlos Carrasco. I'm here with Carlos Carrasco, and we were just going over his name, and I'm not going to say it the way I'm supposed to say it, but here I go. Carrasco. Hey. Carrasco. There you go, Carrasco. You've got a lot more trill in there, and it it suits you. You know, I grew up with it. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you from? I'm originally from Panama. Yeah. Oh, and when did you come here? Did you come straight to California? No, no. Okay, well, the the thumbnail sketch is that I actually came to the States on an acting scholarship. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. So what, what school? 
Uh, okay, I'm trying to be brief. Um, so I grew up in Panama, and at the time that I grew up, the, the, you've, um, you've heard about the Panama Canal. Certainly. And the Panama Canal was surrounded by something called the Panama Canal Zone, mm-hmm. which was like a small town of Americans. Right. It was, it was a whole big thing. It was in the news, uh, Jimmy Carter Treaty, handing the Canal Zone back. But anyway. It was, it was, am I wrong? Is it technically somehow part of the sovereign United States or something? It was. Yeah. It's kind of like when you say today, Guantanamo Bay yes. in the middle of Cuba, and how could that be? Right. Well, this goes all the way back to Teddy Roosevelt. Right. When Teddy Roosevelt uh, wanted to build a canal, and it's a whole thing that happened. But the, the the short version is that the United States ended up with a strip of land in the middle of Panama uh, to continue building the canal and then running the canal, and so there was this like sovereign bit of USA in the middle of Panama. Which Panama never really agreed with. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine why. <laughs> no. And that led to a lot of problems, sure. but we, this is not a history class. But the thing is, is that there was actually like an American school system inside of the Canal Zone, uh, which went all the way to junior college. And I went to school in Panama. Uh, but when, I, when it was time to go to college, I managed to talk my parents. You could go to school in the Canal Zone. As a Panamanian, if you paid, it's like paying out of state tuition type thing. So I started college in the Canal Zone at the Canal Zone College, which no longer exists. And that was the first time I had, uh, I was in a real structured drama environment with a for real drama teacher and all that sort of thing. And this fella kind of became my mentor, like a very important person in my life. And he decided that I should leave Panama and go to the States. So he took it upon himself to do some research and organize stuff and um, filled out forms with me. He made me sit down and quit listening to (laughs) rock and roll and stuff like that. And we filled out this application, sent it in. Then he called me at my house a couple of months later and said, guess what, buddy? You're going to the States. Because he found and helped me get an acting scholarship, now here's the punchline, to Stevens College in Columbia, Missouri, which is an all-women's college. Okay. Sister school to Vassar. It's like an episode of Bosom Buddies here. Did you have to <laughs> dress and drag? Or yeah, no, but the thing is, is like Stevens, uh, to this day, has a very, very strong performing arts component. Uh-huh. And you need guys. You know, somebody's got to lift see. up the ballerina and stuff. Oh, boy. So they created this very, very limited um, number of scholarships, very small number of scholarships for male students in their junior and senior year, because you could not send a male freshman there. <laughs> it just wouldn't work. <laughs> They'd be eating alive. Oh, no. <laughs> it was just, you know. I mean, and so I I don't know, but uh, Mr. David Lohman, uh, he found this scholarship, and he wrote me a brilliant letter, and I got into Stevens, and that's how I came to the United States. I want to do a whole podcast episode on all of this. I, just you even saying David Lohman, I wonder, how did this guy get down to teach in the Panama Zone? Oh, he was an adventurer. He was uh, he was from North Dakota originally, wow. and he got into that thing of like American teachers overseas. Yeah. So before he went to Panama, he had t- taught in, in in Samoa, like American Samoa or something. Like his house was full of tiki's and things. He's like just hitting that. all the territories and regions of outer United States. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> and then one day the man got into his little VW microbus and put his whole family in. I it. like and, those cars. Yeah, and he drove all the way down. To Panama, he drove from the United States all the way down there in his little VW. Incredible. Uh, I mean, I'm sitting here today really talking to you because David Lohman 
all those years ago decided like, hey, this kid has something and I'm going to help him and get him out of here. That's tremendous. Yeah. And that, fabulous. I love that that leads to you being featured in the film Speed. Now, you played the character of Ortiz, correct? That is correct. I know we're flashing forward quite a lot. Yeah, it's a big uh, fast forward. (laughs) Uh, So uh, how did this come about for you? Was it just a standard audition, or was there any connection? I had just come off a huge film with Taylor Hackford called Blood In, Blood Out, Uh which was an utter failure uh, when it first opened. And that's a long story in and of itself, but it's a fascinating story. Because that film has become my personal Rocky Horror Show. You know, the film that tanked at the box office. But it had a cult following later on. It is now a major cult film. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I found out later that the um, director of Speed had seen me in that, Uh in in Blood In, Blood Out. And the character is completely different. And uh, I played a really, really bad guy, but he was very funny. And um, I found out later that Jan de Bont had seen some qualities in that. Well, I can see that you are definitely the comic relief of this film. I mean, you have great lines in this film. <laughs> the one that always sticks out to me is, I already seen the airport. <laughs> We're going to the airport. I already, I already seen the airport. Did you try that in different ways? Did you do a bunch of different takes on that? Or was it just, just natural right out of the gate? That, well, that one just came right out. And, and, and I will say this. It was scripted. It yeah, but the, but that could have been easily tossed off. I mean, you you had a ride delivery with that that made it really work. Well, thank you, thank yeah. you. I appreciate that because a lot of the stuff that happened on that film, there was not a whole lot of retaking. Um, <laughs> I've heard that he's not quite an actor's director. I mean, he's a technical guy from the beginning, right? Yeah. Jan Devant, yeah, his former cinematographer. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. No, no, there was not a lot of acting, uh, coaching, but but it actually, just uh, from the technical uh, standpoint, you have to understand that when we I, maybe you've heard this, but we shot that on the 105 before it it, it had opened. Yeah. <clears throat> So when you look and, and, and uh, when you see the film and you see all these cars rushing around and, and, and rush hour and all that sort of thing, that's all movie yeah. stuff. That's yeah. all the cars that we brought and everything like that. So every time you were going to do a take, it involved repositioning and mobilizing all of that. Uh, so you really kind of tried to like, let's get it. You have to get it. One, you know? <laughs> Otherwise, we got to move all that stuff back into place and stuff like that. Why are we going back to our Mark Ortiz? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But that line, that was a scripted line. But I'll tell you a story about an improvised line. Please. Because when we shot the scene about uh, pulling Keanu out from under the bus. Yeah. You know, and we do the whole thing and heroically, and then finally got him out, out from under the bus. And um, and I say to him, "You got, I got to tell you, you got some real hairy ass cojones." <laughs> you know, and um, and that was improvised. That is a great line. Yeah. Yes, but then Jan came back to me and he said, "All right, now that was very good. That was very nice. But you know, let us do it again, and this time let us do the line from the script." What do you remember? What the line was? Yeah, it was something like, "You got some really big balls." Ah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, fine, no problem. Now, speaking of Keanu coming through the floor and other things, you had to grapple with Keanu at at some point, getting involved in the scrap with Keanu. What's it like tangling with that guy? I love Keanu. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a great guy. He's a really cool guy. And the conclusion that I came to is he's just also a very private and shy guy. And so... You know, socially, it, it was, you know, a little bit kind of awkward for him at first, it, it appeared. Uh-huh. 
But then he got into the spirit of it and everything, and everybody was kidding around. I remember we started, like, you talked about grappling. Uh, we got it because we would dream up games, things to do. And I remember by the time we got to the airport, now we're stranded way out in some runway. And so we started to do, like, this arm wrestle thing. I have this in my notes. Yeah, I want to hear about you? this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Where it's a thing where, like, you just kind of, like, you know, you just stand toe-to-toe. Uh, -to -toe. And, and and hold one arm, uh -huh. and then the the thing, and it's really just a balance thing of like like who can knock who off balance, you know. It's kind of like like arm wrestling standing up, <laughs> you know. And we start just started doing that, you know. Sandy would do it too because she's in there, and um, yeah. So that's one of my memories is like arm wrestling with uh, with Keanu. Well, let's get down to it. Who won? <laughs> now, because also your character of Ortiz is kind of the alpha male of the bus, and then in comes this new guy, Keanu, yeah. and he's got to prove himself to you. You eventually yeah. are cool with each other, but at first, you don't give him the time of day. Yeah. So who won this uh, arm wrestling? Uh, the arm wrestling? Yeah, let's call it a draw. Let's say you won. Yeah. He's not here to defend he's himself. He's not here. He's not here. I like him. <laughs> What's not to like? I no, like no, him, no. too. Because I, mean, yeah. I, I know he takes a lot of heat. Sometimes people go like, oh, Keanu Reeves or whatever. And, and you know, But I, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. And another thing that he and I kind of found a connection about is that, you know, he's a classical actor. That's what I hear. And I know he went on to do some Shakespeare in Canada. Yeah. And so I'm curious about this. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and that may be, to be honest, where he gets a little flack is because people don't understand that after doing Bill and Ted and Speed that he could go on and do that. Yeah. Probably doesn't gel with. Guess what? That's actually my background. Really? Well, we were just talking to Hawthorne. Uh, quite a bit of Shakespeare came up. I'm a big Shakespeare fan myself. Yeah. So I'm, I would love to hear. Yeah. The last three years I was in graduate school, I was at Wayne State University. And we used to do, and something I've never done since, was repertory theater. This, you and I have a very similar grad school experience. Really? I had a repertory, semi-professional repertory company attached to my grad school in, in here in Southern California, and we would do the same thing. We would run shows in true repertory. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so rarely done So like you were in anymore. like three yeah. and five shows at the yeah. same well, time? Well, we would do two or three, but yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, that's a real experience. Romeo, two years. Mercutio, Three months. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I wish I could say two years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, And most of that was to writhing, screaming high school audiences. Yeah, I Throwing yeah. pennies and <laughs> jelly beans at the stage. Or in the matinees, dead silence from the old blue hairs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, three years, classical repertory. Hey. So as part of that whole journey... I did a season with Shakespeare and Company, and one of the hardcore members of, of Shakespeare and Company was Natsuko. And I worked with Natsuko for that season at Shakespeare and Company. Then we fast forward to Hollywood years later, and I am on the bus in speed, and there's Natsuko. That's amazing. On the bus, because she got, you know. And the full circle is that Keanu had studied under Natsuko as, you know, as a, like, junior, like, member, aspiring uh -huh. member at Shakespeare and Company. And not long after Speed, he went off to do Hamlet in Canada, right? The whole time that we were doing Speed, he had his dog-eared copy of, <laughs> of, of Hamlet with him, you know. And, and so sometimes during those long breaks when we were all waiting and everything, then, then Keanu would sort of – he had his little script. Yeah. Uh, have you ever watched the show Slings and Arrows? Have you ever heard of that of show? Of course God. I have. And, and the first season loosely based on of Keanu's – Totally. It's one of my favorite TV shows. Totally. Three, three short six-episode seasons, Canadian show called Slings and Arrows. Slings and, arrows. and it's brilliant. It's it's one of the best things I've ever seen on television. Wow, uh, I I'm so glad I got to end with you and my uh, handful of speed people in here today to talk about this stuff. 
I, I want to close this out with something that I'm going to paraphrase, but something I read that you said in one of the articles about speed that I just love, because I enjoy this movie, but I think you sum it up very well here. And it says, apart from living and dying, you know, what was the lesson learned? There's none of that <laughs> because it's really just an action movie. And even a lot of action movies, you have a character that, you know, learns something and goes through a change or something. And they're, they're really, when, yeah. when I saw that you wrote that, there really isn't anything. Nobody learns a lesson or yeah. anything. They just save the day. And yeah. it's really just a, a, an action thriller. And you summed it up nicely. And I think that's part of the reason people love it. Yeah, I think it, in its way, it did do a little bit of um, alter the way uh, screenplays uh, were written uh, since then, because it did away with the first act. You know, the whole traditional thing of like, let's meet the characters uh -huh. and let's have the exposition and the backstory and everything like that. There used to be that. And then on a rewrite, they just said, no, we don't need this. Let's just throw it out and just yeah, we don't cut know to the chase. Yeah, we don't know a single thing about any of these characters. Nope. I also read somewhere that Sandra Bullock's character may have been a stand-up comic or something. And, you know, every, uh, David Kriegel's character was a film student. Did You're obviously working in construction or electricity. Or? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much you heard about the, the, the changes in the script. Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it really kind of was – a bit of a blindside. An ensemble uh, piece originally, basically, right? It really was. When the original, original script reminded me of that old Hitchcock film. Um, of, uh, is it Hitchcock? Lifeboat? Yeah. And they, they somehow have to solve this and yes. whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. And You're, it was... It that's was, a better analogy. Yeah. But it, it was it was more like that in the beginning. And so you did find out a little bit more about who these people were and, and what... Yeah, I was a guy. I had a wife uh, much younger than me. It was kind oh of a... God. It was kind of a funny setup because... And this does have to do with the humor thing because there was a scene in the original script, oh, well, what are you going to do, where um, you actually see me saying goodbye to my young wife who comes to the door in her little nighty baby doll and she's saying, oh, boy, honey. And there's a guy jogging by and he's like ogling her and I'm getting all upset and everything. So we established that he's like a really jealous kind of guy yeah. with this young, hot wife. And then off we go and the bus thing starts and everything. And yeah, David Kriegel was a film student, his his character. And he had he had come on the bus like with some film equipment and everything, including a portable TV. So when all the drama starts happening, there's a there was a scene where we're in the back of the bus and we can actually tune in the TV and yeah. see what the you know live coverage is saying. And suddenly there pops up my wife with Joe Studd, Lady Anchorman, going yes, and she's like in tears, and he's like yes, yes, we're here with the wife. Oh, that's it'll be okay, it'll be okay. And so you can imagine oh, no. my character on the bus going ah, you know. But yeah, all that went. That was purely in the script. You never even shot that. No, we never. No, no, no. Oh. no the, the script got totally rewritten. Too bad. Uh, we were about a week into rehearsal, and uh, we were, you know, just doing the table reads and stuff like that. And, and about a weekend, they came in and said, hey, guys, it's great. We got a great new rewrite here. Here's the new scripts. And they handed out the pink pages or whatever the heck Read this. Were. We're going to leave you alone for a while. We don't want to be in here. <laughs> no, no, it. they didn't do it. They said, let's all read because it's going to be so exciting. And everybody started reading and turning pages. And, of course, you know, you got that actor thing always yeah. going like, and, and, and how many lines? And said, you know, and, and as the reading progressed, it became pretty obvious that oh, man. it was was all gone. And what are you doing these days? Tell us a little bit about if you have anything interesting you want to talk about. Okay. Well, I did a recurring on looking uh, last season. 
and that was fun. I also did a recurring on a show on Fox uh, called Gang Related that unfortunately yeah. got canceled. And, and Looking just started its second season. Looking just, yeah. yeah, I think they just started again, you know. And uh, so, but, you know, shout out to them. They were great people. And I also like directing and stuff. I have a couple of uh, shorts uh, uh, on the festival circuit right now. In fact, later this week, I will be attending the California Women's um, Film Festival, where one of my shorts is going to be screening on Friday. I'm glad to hear that, and it's wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. Yeah. The film. Just kidding. (laughs) We're done. Oh, man. That was a marathon. I want to thank my guests so much. They were fantastic. It's late at night when I'm finishing this up, and this episode is due to you, the Internet, right now. Feels like high school again. Write a review on iTunes if you like this show. And if you can connect me to someone you think would be good for this show, please email me at IWasThere2Pod at gmail.com. Let's all get out there and tilt the booty. Pop. Pop? Pop. Pop. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear. Dale, y'all! This is Tony Rodriguez. This is Carlos Santos. This is Riza Licea. And this is Oscar Montoya. When our powers combine, we are Spanish Aki Presents! We have a brand new podcast here on Earwolf, bringing you the best of the best of lo mejor of the Latinx comedy. Join us every Tuesday as we chat about what's going on in our lives, Latinx culture, and ¿qué es lo que? Lo que nos está picando. Lo que te pica. Don't worry, we'll tell you what that means if you listen. We'll also be joined by a new guest every single week. We'll get to know a little bit more about their lives. Every single week. Uh-huh. And then we'll make them sit back and watch us improvise their lives right back to them. Improvisation. <laughs> Spanish Aki Presents premieres July 16th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Hold on, Spanish, Spanish Aki Presents! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.